From the beautiful city of West Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Film Forward. Our guests today are Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez, creators of the upcoming FX miniseries, Quarter Life Poetry, which has also been selected to the 2019 Sundance Film Festival. The series is based on and adapted by Samantha's book of poems that center around the struggles of broke millennials. <laughs> broke, hangry. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for, Thanks for having, having us. And congrats on the Sundance selection. Congrats to you, too. I, I happened to work on this. I was blessed to work on this. Yes. Thank you guys for having me on the project. And thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We're going to start uh, way back at the beginning. Samantha, how did you conceive this book of poems? How did it get incepted? Is it a lot of it autobiographical? Yes. I was... I myself was young, broken, hangry. Um, I was working in advertising at an ad agency. I was working as an art director. And I was thinking that's what I wanted to do, kind of. You weren't I just, in love. Yeah, I wasn't in love. And I felt very stuck. And I felt like I did it to myself. And it was also the recession during that time. Right. And a lot of my my peers hadn't gotten jobs right. yet, so or they were like interning, so I felt like very lucky to have gotten a job. So I was like, why am I feeling these feelings that I shouldn't be feeling? I should just be very happy to right. just be at this like nine to nine, basically. <laughs> nine to nine, not nine, nine to, to three a.m. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I was just feeling not very fulfilled, so I was like. I'm going to move to San Francisco. That's going to solve everything. So I got a job in Africa. I'm going to move to the most expensive city in the country. I thought it was going to be cheaper than New York, actually. I genuinely did. I was like, it's going to be great. No, like my entire paycheck went to the place I was living in. But I moved there and it was beautiful. But I was still working in advertising. And I was like, oh, the city's beautiful. Oh, this is the same job. And I was feeling those same feelings. So, But then one night you were like, I want to write a book. I was like, I want to write a book, almost like a children's book, but for adults right. called This Is No Longer a Children's Book. And it kind of, I love like Shel Silverstein and right. Dr. Seuss and just that like really playful narrative. So I thought by making it into poetry it could be fun but it'll it's basically about existential dread (laughs) right um so i wanted to write a book about a girl kind of like going through this existential crisis like a quarter life crisis so basically i fully side hustled like i would go to work i would come home and i would write and i I, and i would draw and i illustrated this whole book and it took forever oh you did the illustrations also yeah it's a beautiful book yeah Yeah, someday no one has ever seen it it'll see the light of day someday (laughs) i'm very i'm very proud of it it's a great book i think like hopefully one day you can publish it one day I'll make it big with that book. I hope. But that was the whole plan. That was the that whole was, plan. That wanted... was it. I was like, I just want to do this book. Right. I have this book. And it took months and I finished it. And I was so proud of it. So I wanted to find a literary agent for it. I must have queried like over 100, but only two wrote back. And one of them was this dude who is inter- <laughs> was interested in the subject matter, but wanted to change the main character and change the name and change everything. I think he wanted to make it like a guy. He just didn't like what it was. He didn't get it. It wasn't for him. No. No. Yeah. He's like, I like this pizza, 
but I want cake. <laughs> right. Yeah, How can right. you make... It's like, I can't. Right. So, and then there was this one other agent who whose assistant brought it to her, who mm. was 25. And she was like, great. I like this. Cool. Yeah. Only thing is uh, you're not really anybody. So right. nobody will publish you. Sorry. And I was like, but but my book. Right. Shouldn't it speak for itself? But I did it. But I did <laughs> it's it. It's good. You said it's good. And she's like, okay, okay, here's the deal. If you want to get something published these days, you either have to be like Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. Which I was not. Thank God. Or you have to have some sort of like quantifiable following on social media. So right. I was like, fuck. I just spent forever writing this book and now I have to build <laughs> a social following from scratch. Like this is impossible. And I was, Art and I were... were dating were, at the yeah, time yeah. and you were super down and art was like well why don't you just do what you did in terms of like your poetry but just make it like a few lines just and just do a doodle and just have a little and i remember it was like it shouldn't be anything that takes you more than like 10 to 15 minutes yeah just super quick just little truths little things that you can just put out there in the style of your book right. and then it'll because it shouldn't be anything different it shouldn't be just like photographs or it shouldn't be anything other than than a taste of what the book is yeah like great so i went ahead and i did this and i i think i i like begged my i just like reached out to my facebook community and like my parents and i was like can you follow this please (laughs) right i need to follow this and then eventually i was like I have 305 followers. Literary agent, is this good? And she's like, no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so Art was like, why don't you reach out to BuzzFeed? So I did that. And then um, I reached out to this one girl on BuzzFeed. I like saw this article that she had written that was like seven hipsters you'd find in a coffee shop. And then I was like, okay, I'll just reach out to her because I thought that she could connect to the material. Right. And then I was like, maybe you might enjoy this. And then she wrote back really quickly. She was like, OMG, dying. Just like BuzzFeed terms, but like IRL. (laughs) And then she's like, we'll be on front page like tomorrow. I'm like, oh my God. So Quarterly Poetry, the Instagram got on the front page of BuzzFeed and then it got its first like, I don't know, ten thousand followers or it's like forty thousand. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot. And then and then other blogs <clears throat> picked it up and nylon and vogue and like all these different ones picked it up and then it started becoming a community. So that was really cool. And then I went back to my literary agent and I'm like, is this good now? Can you publish my book, please? <laughs> right. And then she's like, Oh, yeah, but maybe we don't publish that book. Maybe you just make a book of the Instagram stuff you've been doing. And I'm like, Oh. So that's what the book I wow. Now I'm learning this stuff. So I'm like, oh. Okay. And at first I like probably cried about that. And then I Yeah, like (laughs) I cry like every day. And you and me both, sister. Yeah. It's all good. (laughs) Um but then actually when I like broke down the different categories and started thinking of all the different different ideas of like ones to of of like poems to do I was like oh there's actually like a lot of subject matter I can cover right and in terms of it being like like starting on the internet in terms of it being on Instagram it seemed right that it was just a bite-sized kind of gift book that you can 
page through and turn to any page and like just, a table book you yeah, know? yeah yeah like a like a table book or gift book that you can just turn to any page and laugh kind of like what we do online we'll just click through something and i feel like that's how we all kind of consume things these days just in like little bite-sized pieces you right know? so it all felt really right so i finished the book so hachette published the book um but grand central is the subsidiary of hachette who published the book, um, who has a great marketing team, huge buildings in New York. I was like, you guys are going to market the shit out of this. Like, this is going to be awesome. I finished. I'm done. Been working on this forever. It's over. And they're like, um, I think, I honestly think they had a Gwyneth Paltrow book coming out. They did. Have a they did. Yeah. They're like, we have a Gwyneth Paltrow book coming out and it's a really big deal. So like, no. Um, so it's like, what do you guys, what are you guys going to do to like market this book? They're like, um, well, like usually we do a book trailer. I'm like, what's a book trailer? And I saw what a book trailer is and it's like an like animated PDF with like a British, like a dry British man's voice just being like, this book is about being a millennial. And it's like, no. Right. Yeah. Hard no. This is not happening. This is not what my audience wants. This is not going to go well. I was like, I have a brilliant director right here. I have a collaborator. I have acting. I have our writing because Art and I were doing a bunch of projects together. That's my passion. It's like, oh, why don't we just make promo videos ourselves? Is that cool? They're like, right. yeah, whatever. We have a Gwyneth Paltrow book coming <laughs> They're like, yeah, do whatever. Your um, last name Paltrow? We <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we just did it with our own funds. Wait. Yeah. Well, yeah. y- your own funds. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> I was young, broke, and hangry at the time. Right. Um, and, but we um, did it super quick. We, I, we did like four promo videos very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like little short films, and they were just like standalone little fun things. That, little two-minute short short films. Yeah, and then they just had this little button at the end about the book, but the whole thing wasn't really about the book. Well, yeah, it's just like little truths. Yeah, little truths. Little truths. Embodiments of, of the poems. Exactly, yeah. embodiments of the poems. Because at first we thought it's like, oh, should we like say the poem and then show the poem? But then it's like, no, we should just kind of show the embodiment of of the kind of person who would buy this book. Right. Or who would need this book. The right. feeling. Yeah, the feeling. So we put those out there. At first we were like, are you guys okay with this? Grand Central, they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's like, okay, we're going to do this. They're like, yeah, okay. So we put it out there, and then we were really, really excited and surprised they did really well online. Um, they got on, like, one we put out on Facebook called Mom Talk, and it got, like, 12 million views on Facebook. Right. It was crazy. And we're like, oh, we're, like, tapping into something here, and this is super fun. This is my thing, this is what I love to do. I love acting. I love writing. I love working with art. Art loves directing. This is fun. And there's more to do. Right. So then after like we had done short films and so many short films and nobody paid attention. Right. And then this one like 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 a bunch of people started calling. And yeah. we're like, okay, cool. This and then we started to do like think about a series mm-hmm. at FX. And then we landed at FX. Yeah, we started thinking about a series. And well, the reason why we landed at FX is primarily because this awesome person, Samantha, at FX, who is my age, 
I feel like the world is secretly run by like 23 to 25 year old women. It was like, you know, it was like the assistant that brought the book to the literary agent. It right. was like Samantha that brought. So she reached out and from FX and she was like, just as a fan of Quarterly Poetry, like, do you want to grab dinner? Right. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we went out, we totally hit it off. And then she was like, would you ever consider making this a series? We're like, oh yeah, we're already talking about it. She went right into the head of development's office. And then she was like, you have to meet them. You have to meet this girl. Like this could be a really great series. So we went in and then we started our relationship with FX. And we began um, with a half hour development deal. So we were writing a half hour version of the show. And we worked on it for a long time. We did a bunch of rounds and we weren't quite coming to a place where we were all happy with it, but we were creating these little scenes within um, these iterations of the pilot that we really liked and we could right. extract them and they were they were just really fun standalone scenes that we were excited about. Right. But the half hour version of the script kind of got a little stuck, which is the theme of everything, just getting stuck. Such is life, you know. Such is life. So that got a little stuck. I think just out of frustration or I I don't know what, I came home one day and I was like, I want to write a rap song about social anxiety. And I don't really know why I wanted to do that. I just wanted to do something different. Right. And then I wrote this song and then we finished it. And when we finished it, we shared it with FX. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is great. We're actually coming out with kind of a, a, a late night half hour. Kind of like Adult Swim, but for FX? Yeah, right. it's, it's like a variety half hour where they showcase different short form creators, be it animators or it, like all, all forms of, of short form. So right. And a lot of them are one-offs. So they're like you can shoot this. Like, we need we need more content for this. We're just building it up. And we're like, right. oh, cool. And then it was really your idea. You were like, wait, why don't we take those scenes that we love and it can become a series of short form because that's what they want. Like, right. a, like a short form series. And it can... I, I think through doing the Friday Night Wrap, we came upon this new approach to Quarter Life Poetry, which is from the subjective reality of this character. Right. So because it's a rap song, that rap is happening inside of her head. It's like a dramatic retelling of what happened that night. Right. So including that element really made it super delicious and fun to do. Because it's like, oh, when you have anxiety, it's like a horror show. Right. You know? Right. So we can have all these elements of like, fantasy but it's not fantasy like ooh, dream fantasy it's like it's like dark the reality that you experience is your perception of reality it may not be correct it may not be like objectively what's going on but it's your perception of what's going on absolutely which is really fun it's like a, just a really fun space to play in absolutely yeah. um so we asked if we could do a series well we pitched them the idea one never asks in this town. One pitches. So we right. pitches, we pitched them an idea of of doing this as a series and incorporating the subjective reality flavor and element and adding song to it. And they were on board. 
yeah. which was awesome. So we put together all these scripts, and a lot of that included um, taking what we had already written and just making them really strong standalone scenes and then writing new songs and uh, writing a, f- a few more scenes. And then they gave us their blessing. They gave us the green light. And uh, we... Did we it. did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the story that's, right now. That's and it. now we're working on a half hour version. Now it's going back to Again. the half hour But now it's really going. Yeah. Now it's, now it's incorporating that subjective reality. So right. we have a much stronger sense of what we want it to be. I feel like we have arrived at exactly what we want it to be. So it's been a long journey, but it's... We're just trying to get that book published. Yeah, we're just <laughs> it really to all goes back to this that is book. This no longer a children's book. I'm just gonna go back to my literary agent. It's like, can we do it now? Right. Yeah. So we talked about a very long process yes. from writing poems from in your childhood in your, in, to yeah. being <laughs> in your a spare time. Citizen. Spare time after work, writing poems to creating a social media page, getting that book published creating social uh, videos. Yeah. Um, and then... But I must say the whole process wasn't like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. It's been saying, we have to do this now. Okay. Right. And then convincing everyone yeah. around us that we have to do this now. And every step has been getting everyone on board right. with this next thing. This is the next step we have to take in order for us to go further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give us a timeline of how long from the first conception of the poems to where we are now, how long that took. I think I started writing the initial book in 2015. I think so, yeah. I think 2015. So three, maybe like three years? Yeah. So I think, I, you know, sometimes a lot of people don't realize how long projects take to develop. Mm-hmm. Like I think blind spotting, they said they, they've, they've been working on blind spotting for 10 years, you know, wow. before it actually came out. So yeah. can you talk a little bit uh, just about some of the emotions that you go through <laughs> when you're going through <laughs> a, a three year process? It's been so many emotions. I always loved acting I was I was like a total theater geek in high school it's all I did I I lived in the theater I loved it so much but I never saw it as a viable career just because rent yeah rent just because (laughs) rent just because rent in New York specifically right and I had this other skill of fine arts and I love it and I love drawing. So I was like, which one can pay my rent? So I decided to apply the fine arts skill to advertising design. At first, I've always had a desire to just connect to other people on like a very real level and like small talk makes me so depressed and right. drained and sad because it's not real. Yeah, it's a know? waste of life. Yeah. But you yeah. need st- small talk. You need small talk you in gotta order get to it. get, yeah, you have to start at the top of the Sunday to get to the nice fudgy bottom and like all that stuff. <laughs> Everything. Sometimes, sometimes we, like, sometimes like I try to skip small talk. Right. And, just go and right it's just too, it's just too real. <laughs> they think I'm crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's just too real. But I like to just like get to it. And I also really like humor too. So, yeah. so the very first blush of quarter life poetry being emerging of drawing which i love writing which i love including poetry which which i think is so fun and trying to get to that truth through comedy i was like i'm loving this this is so much fun but i felt like when we did the uh, promo videos it was 
truly emerging of everything I loved and it was just this insatiable desire to keep doing it. But there were so many ups and downs like it's great to you know have a partner too that <laughs> supports you because I mean I do have anxiety and I can talk myself into a hole that nothing is good enough and that why should I be doing this this is all stupid right. so those emotions were very present this whole time like why am I pushing if 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 like I have to keep getting everyone on board with this like why is this such an uphill battle but having a partner who is like no this is real this is true this is good keep going, I will help you, right. like let's do this together. I, w I would not be able to do it without, without art, without you. It's like I needed that vote of confidence and I needed that help, otherwise I, I can talk myself out of things really easily. Like I could live a very fine life as an art director and right. be fine. Guys, we're talking about uh, heartbreak, we're talking about success, we're talking about long journeys. Uh, we're gonna take a break from Film Forward, we'll be right back with Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez. If you like the music in our show, all songs are performed by the band Dub8. Check out their new EP, Ayudame, available on iTunes and Spotify. All right, friends, welcome back to Film Forward. We are here with Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez, co-creators of Quarter Life Poetry. Uh, so another more congratulations are in order for you, Arturo, because you were also recently nominated for a VMA, Best Director for Justin Timberlake's Say Something. And he won at the UK VMA oh, for Best Live Music that Video. I, that I did not know. Oh, yes. Congrats. Thank you. Talk to us about how you're able to book that video and what the process was like, because I mean, that is, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, you need to check it out. It is an incredible winner. Um, uh, the Steadicam op is one of the best in the business. Ari Robbins. Ari a, Robbins. He is a Steadicam bad, ninja. bad, bad man in the best way possible. <laughs> uh, hire him uh, right away. Also production manager. Miss Sonia Maru, yes, of uh, the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. So yeah, talk to us about how uh, how that project came to be. Well, in the same way that Sam's project of Quarter Life Poetry came to be, like it was like it started from the internet now we're still on the internet <laughs> uh, which is what we want to be we won't never want to because the internet's more enjoyable and more uh forward thinking than i think that a lot of networks shows the same way that that happened uh, about 12 13 years ago i joined this collective out of france called la blagothèque Mm -hmm. Basically, what we did was we would take big artists at the time or big indie artists. It was like, you know, when YouTube had first come out, the basic idea was just like, let's get together with some artists, have a beer and then just shoot a music video. Right. And it was it, there was we 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 embraced the improvisational nature of it. Right. But we still really cared about like making it beautiful and having it like say something or mean something or like kind of make a little poem out of it. We did like Arcade Fire, like uh, The Lumineers, Edward Sharp, Bon Iver, like, uh, and there was a couple of us doing it for years. So we did that for a long time, you know, and that was like, you know, for the internet, by the internet. We're just, we're just a bunch of internet kids trying to do cool shit. Right. Uh, and then it's so funny because someone like at CAA, one of my friends at CAA was like, how the hell did you get Justin Timberlake, like, how, how did you, how, why did you shoot Justin Timberlake video? You know, it's like, <laughs> right. And I was just like, ah, 12 years of hard work. Yeah, man. You know, it's like 12 years of free 
work. Right. Where I put my own money to do these videos, and then Justin wanted to do one, and we did it, and uh, and, and it was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. That's great. I always love that question of like, oh, where did this, you know, they, they always say, oh, this filmmaker who's come out of nowhere, it's like, no, they probably <laughs> busted their ass for 10 or 20 years before you've ever heard of them. Yeah. You know, it's just a long grind, and then you don't hear about somebody until they, you know... Totally, they, and, they and, catch and their break. granted, to Justin's credit, like he really took it, like he took it to another level, and, and right. like and he allowed us to take it to another level. Like he gave us a real budget, mm-hmm. you know, it was much less than what he spent on his other videos, right? But still a real budget, like, right? And he took it seriously, and man, that guy is such an artist, and he's so professional, and he's just amazing to work with, and he really pushes. Like I pushed him, he pushed me. Like the whole thing was was a, like a little bit of a dream, you know. Yeah. I think um, we were able to do something really special together. It came out yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, a huge success. Y'all should check it out if you haven't seen it. What I really like about the music video and what we do with Quarter Life Poetry and like you know seeking the truth, speaking about going back to the truth, hitting that truth chord. So much of what's out there right now feels so fake. Right. Or like CGI'd. Right. Kind of like what I really strive to do is to make things really honest. And Justin embraced it and uh, we shot it all. Like he's actually singing in right. the music video, which is something that normally people don't do. Like I genuinely believe that like the next level of music videos is how you... Like because we've all seen pretty images, the same pretty images in music videos all the time with right. the sun flares, with the, you know, with the anamorphics or the pancro lenses and the like you know the colored lights the color and, the, yeah. and like now it's like okay we've seen that let's strip it away let's strip it away and also let's let's make it more real mm-hmm. let's make it even more emotional because sometimes like in music videos you know you you've done a bunch of them nick so you know it's just like what else more 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 let's just show like show let's the artist as much doing as this. we can yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I think that sometimes it's like that actually hinders the feeling and the meaning of it because then you're like, what is this? Right. It's just a bunch of stuff. It's just images and cuts. Yeah. So, and it doesn't have to be a wonder, but it should have to, it should say something more. Like, I think we're, even as like uh, content makers or consuming content, we're striving for something more honest. Right. We're talking about truth, and we're talking about being real, and when we come back, Sam and Arturo are going to get real with me when they give me three. Submissions are open for the 2019 Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. For more information on how to submit, visit LADFF.com. Welcome back to Film Forward. We're back here with Art and Sam, and they are going to give me three. They're going to split the three. It's going to be a joint effort here. Uh, a marriage, so, one would say. A marriage. <laughs> Who wants to start? Um, I'll start. Ladies first. Uh, yes. So one of my favorite movies growing up is an Alfonso Cuaron movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's A Little Princess. Beautiful. And if you haven't seen it, I don't know if it holds up, but it doesn't matter because because it was so great. And it's about this little girl whose father goes off to war and she's left at this uh, like boarding school, but she gets in in trouble 
and be friends um, this girl who is a cleaner and they live in the attic together and they just immerse themselves in this fantasy world and she's all about telling stories and she kind of toes the line between fantasy and reality and for me growing up I just thought that was so beautiful the way that they visualized how her mind worked in this because she lived in this dusty attic and everything was terrible right. but then the scene that's always ingrained in my mind also because it involves food is when they <laughs> like are so hungry because they haven't been fed because of the evil headmaster woman and they're like, let's pretend we're at a feast. And then they like have this uh, silver tray and they, they take the top off and they're like, sausages. And there's all these sausages and there's like an eggs and then those appear. And then like this whole feast is laid out before them. And then they're just having this incredible time. And I'm just like, wow, you can show what you're imagining in such a beautiful, realistic way because they weren't like on some cloud somewhere. They right. were just like there. And I think, you know, it really became ingrained in me and I, that's the kind of taste that I took on to and, yeah. and that I appreciated throughout the years and uh, that I've incorporated in my work since then. Um, so it's a really sweet movie and I love it. A Little Princess. For me, because you, you said that it just has to be something uh, something that's really touched you in a, in a deep way that so... I like to break rules sometimes, so maybe, I, and I asked if this is okay, and they said, you said it was okay. So, uh, it's actually a chef. Uh, his name is Gagan. He's still an artist. He's a culinary he's, artist. I think he's one of the most amazing artists living today. And I'm not even like a foodie like right. that, that much at all. Like I like I like food, but I don't like like I don't like go to like fancy restaurants. Right. But, but I did. See, he's on Chef's Table. Like it's on season two, and it's the last one. And. We were going through Thailand and we, because in Thailand everything's cheaper, you can actually kind of semi afford to go to this, these kinds of restaurants. And like I was at the table, like just, I don't want to ruin anything for any, anybody because I think that it should be experienced. But I was at the table and I was not drunk and, or anything and influenced whatsoever. And I, I could not stop crying because this man touched me wow. in such a deep emotional yeah. level. Okay. We were sitting there weeping. Wow. Sober. All right. I'm it's hooked. It's magical what he does. It's absolutely magical. Yeah. And I, I couldn't stop like crying, so I had to go to the bathroom. Well, much like, the, yeah. And for like 10 more you had minutes. You compose yourself. Because I felt like he was like a, like a lost boy. Yeah. Like I feel sometimes like a lost boy. And I think a lot of people kind of feel like um, as you grow older... You lose your imagination, mm -hmm. and you 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 start hearing so many more no's, and it's so well done, and so tastefully done, and so imaginative, and so complete. Yeah, well, well, much like a filmmaker, it, it it's like you're experiencing an autobiographical documentary, but through food. food. Yeah, so absolutely. he takes you through this incredible um, tasting menu, and every single little bite has such meaning to it and such intense flavor that you're really experiencing his childhood you're experiencing his he's he's indian so you're experiencing his um his life in india you're experiencing his mother's cooking you're experiencing yeah. street food you're experiencing all of these tastes and i think the best way to experience a culture yeah is through food so right. you can you yourself can taste yeah and there's um, so many surprises in that at that restaurant uh, yeah so if you ever get a chance to go that that yeah. that art i still i when i think of 
artists, obviously, I love Alejandro Nerito, I love Alfonso Cuaron, I love um, so many uh, amazing directors, but there's one guy in, in, like in, in Bangkok who mm-hmm. I think is maybe the best living artist. He's a storyteller. He, 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 he forced you to cry in a bathroom for 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Absolutely. Remind so. us of his name again? Uh, Gagan. Gagan. So it's God. G-A-G-A-A-N. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll be on a plane to Thailand tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. Um, and the third one. Third one we were going to do. A, um, oh, a movie we both saw together that we really enjoyed. Good Time. Good yeah. Time, which it, was released last year. Yeah, it was released last year. Shout, shout out to my boy, uh, Oscar Boyson, who I've worked with. He was uh, one of the producers on that film. Oscar, is, good job. Is, yeah, good job. It was job, a good time. Man. It just... It's so fun. It takes you on a ride, and it's visceral, and so new, so fresh. It's so much fun, and so you're in, you're so into this one story happening, and then you'll like. There's one point. Can I say? If you want to, there's one point where I'll maybe not, maybe not. No, no, I'll, I'll just say broad strokes. You'll meet a character. And then you'll go into almost a short story of this character's experience. Right. And it's just... Halfway through the movie. Yeah, and it takes you by surprise. And it is so funny and so fun. And they just break rules and you feel like after you've finished this film, like you've just been taken on a roller coaster and you want to ride it again. And it's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Such a good movie. Good time. Good time. Because so often these days you like leave the movie theater and you're like, ugh. Same thing. Or you know what's around the corner. Right, yeah. You, 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 like, it's like, it's, or like dude, you it's see obvious. the studio notes right. as you're watching <laughs> Yeah, it. for sure. Um, you see the insert shots that the studio needed to add. Totally. And, and these guys just went for it and they were fearless and you could see it in every frame. Yeah. It was awesome. Good time. Check it out. It is a good, good time. time. <laughs> guys, uh, thank you for your three. Thank you, guys. Thank and you. thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for having us. Once again, Quarter Life Poetry is coming to Sundance. It will the first screening will be January 29th. Yes. Um, and then it's going to have a couple screenings after that. Uh, check uh, Sundance.org for uh, for more information on that. And then the mini series it's going to be uh, coming to FX this spring. So uh, please keep an eye out for that. We'll also be promoting that on uh, the LADFF uh, Facebook and Instagram once uh, the official date is released for that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. We had a we had a good time. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good time. Good time. Good, good time. Good. Thank you for coming, guys. And uh, we'll see you all at the movies and see you guys next time on Film Forward. Happy New Year.